from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast I am your host, Mike De Niro before we get into the show, I want to just thank all our subscribers from all over the world. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for following the the, the show on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. Thank you for always subscribing to the show. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for all the support. It's much appreciated. Before we get into the show today, though, I just want to extend my condolences to the family of Shad Gaspar. Oh, man, this is truly made me perplexed and just distraught all day I'm really upset about this and the whole wrestling world is heartbroken about this and once again my deepest condolences my prayers go to the family of Shad Gaspar thank you for your contributions to the wrestling world and thank you for being just always entertaining thank you for everything that you've done to put a smile on our face. Okay, so on a lighter note, last week I did announce that I am going to start covering NXT again. It's been a couple weeks. I think it was about maybe before I took my little hiatus. It's been two weeks since I came back with the podcast. I believe it was three weeks before, so about five weeks since I really talked about NXT. So this was the first week of me watching NXT in a while, so, I'm going to cover them first since it's been a while. Now, NXT started with uh, Karrion Cross squash match. First of all, his entrance is phenomenal. I like the whole... I, I don't know if it's like lip-syncing by uh, Scarlett Bardot, but I like the whole entrance, the whole aura, the ambiance of the arena, the smoke. Everything about it is big league, and I can't wait to see how this translates when there's a crowd in the... Uh, in the venue 
because I think that Karrion Cross screams superstar. It's a long time coming for him to be in the WWE, so I'm glad that he's finally here, and his entrance alone is awesome, let alone that he's a great wrestler and a great athlete to go with it. So, this was a nothing squash match, but it led to a promo by Tommaso Ciampa coming out afterwards and calling out... Well, first of all, he welcomed Karrion Cross to NXT saying, you are now surrounded by the best roster in the world. And they announced that it will be Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross at In Your House on June 7th for NXT TakeOver, which I'm just... I, I know that's going to be a phenomenal match. I think that that's going to be really cool to see. I just hope that they could build it a little bit more and give a real reason why before we get to TakeOver, give a reason why Karrion Cross did attack Tommaso Ciampa the week after that final match with Gargano. Why does Karrion Cross have a problem with Tommaso Ciampa? Is it because they're both bald? We don't know. But I would like to see a reason why. If there's not a reason why, then show that. Like, explain why Karrion Cross doesn't have to have a reason to attack who he wants to attack. I just think that this is going to be a great match, but there's there's two good personalities here, and this match could be amazing if they really give a story to it instead of just saying, oh, great wrestler A versus great wrestler B, which is really the NXT format. I don't know. I just hope that, like I said, they go forward with a story here. Because that's what NXT needs. We, we've we been saying it for a long time on this podcast that NXT needs more stories. They need more characters. It needs to be more reality-based driven but with characters and with stories to make you care about the matches. Because too often do they have regular matches or not regular, like really good matches but no story to go along with it. So I would just would like to see a real story, especially with someone who has a great character like Karrion Cross. So I'm excited for that. Let's see how... This plays out. Then we got a cruiserweight interim torn a uh, cruiserweight interim championship tournament match between El Hijo del Fantasma versus Akira Tozawa. This was a really good back and forth matchup. I am a big fan of Fantasma. I was a fan of his when he was King Cuerno on Lucha Underground. I'm a big fan of his when he was in AAA. Big fan of his when he was doing shots for Impact Wrestling. So. I'm really happy that he's here. I'm really happy that he's in this tournament. And I'm happy that he won this match. Not only am I happy that he's here. But he continues to have the same name. The same mask. The same character that he had in AAA. I don't watch a lot of AAA. I'm not going to pretend like I am knowledgeable about the product. But I do know enough that he was one of my favorite characters on AAA. So it's pretty cool to see him here. And I do believe he did lose the mask before he left AAA in the mask versus hair match or a mask versus mask match. I'm not too sure. If I got that wrong, then sorry. But I am happy that he got the mask back because his mask has a lineage because his father used to wear the same mask, the legendary Phantasma. And I like that they have that, not only his name, but the mask on NXT TV because it's showing the tradition of Lucha Libre. But... I digress. He wins this match. It was a really good back and forth match. Pretty cool. We see a recap here of Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle and I guess like how they imploded. They were a tag team for a little bit. Timothy Thatcher kind of took Pete Dunne's place since Pete Dunne is stuck in the UK. 
Last week, they lost the tag team titles to Imperium, and which led to a match between Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle won the match, but I like the fact that they're actually building on this, and I like Timothy Thatcher on NXT television. He is one of the best wrestlers in the world when it comes to like a grappling, catch-as-catch-can style. Him and Matt Riddle had a really good match last week, so I would like to see this continue. It was cool that they had a little recap, and they're going to probably build on this a little bit more. We also see a vignette for Shotzi Blackheart, and basically her beef with Dakota Kai. I like this because Shotzi Blackheart is a great character, going back to what I was saying about Karrion Cross, a great character for NXT's women division, and I like how she's not going to be one of these women that is just floundering there. She is going to be pushed, and I like that she's in a story here with Dakota Kai. It was nice to see her in an actual feud here. So, hopefully this leads to something more for her. Yeah, so, overall, this was a really good show. I, I'm not going to go over everything in the show. Some other things that stood out for me was the Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis match. That was a good match. Dexter Loomis, he is a good wrestler. He could tighten it up a little bit in the ring, but overall, his character is what really drives him for me because I think that he's a great character. He has this, like, American Psycho character, like, where... It's hard to explain, but he really is going to add a lot more along with a carrying a cross, along with a Shotzi Blackheart, along with these, like a Velveteen Dream, along with these people who are going to bring characters to NXT. This match with Roger Strong was okay. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Roger Strong won the match. And then afterwards, there was an attack by the Undisputed Error where. They're attacking Loomis, and Loomis is basically like no-selling it. It was okay, but that was a okay match. The main event was Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. Really good matchup. I really enjoyed this. Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley are the two best, well, two of the best women, not only on NXT, but in the whole WWE, maybe in the whole world. So that was really cool to see. It was a great main event. I'm glad that they had the main event slot. Charlotte attacks afterwards. It looks like we're going to continue the Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley feud, which is great because I think that Rhea Ripley needs a rematch. The match at WrestleMania was cool, but it wasn't amazing like I thought it would be. So a rematch between them is going to be awesome to see. Yeah, so... Oh, something else that I want to talk about was Drake Maverick actually won his tournament matchup against Kushida, which... If you know, Drake Maverick was on the list of people that got fired from the WWE not too long ago and he's just finishing out his obligations with WWE but he continues to win so that leads me to believe that he's actually still signed with the WWE we'll see what happens but as of right now I think it would be a great storyline if Drake Maverick actually wins the whole damn tournament being that he is no longer under contract if he's no under if he's no longer under contract and he wins the championship that's going to be intriguing television. So that was something that stood out for me too because I didn't expect him to win another match, especially against a guy like Kushida, who's, who even Drake Maverick said late, earlier in the night is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Good episode from NXT. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to see NXT after an hiatus. And it's nice to talk about them again. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was not too intrigued by their product. But lately, their product has been eh. This actually was a really good show. So, kudos to NXT. Great showing. Let's talk about AEW. 
AW started tonight with the Inner Circle arriving to the show in a limo. Classic Four Horsemen style, classic NWO, classic any faction that comes out in limos. It was pretty cool to see because we don't really see AEW do this. So it was refreshing to see something on AEW that is the norm in other companies. I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense in my head. So that was pretty cool. Basically, the inner circle says that just if you thought last week what we did to Vanguard 1 was something like, watch what we do this week. We start out the show, though, with a match between John Moxley and Ten. Ten is one of the minions. Like, he's going to be a higher, a high knight for the Dark Order. Brody Lee, before this match, cuts a promo basically saying, you know, he this is a new Dark Order. This is not the Dark Order that we known before. He anoints Ten as one of his high knights. This leads to John Moxley coming out. They have a pretty good matchup. It was solid. Uh, Ten, he he basically did what he had to do. He was pretty good. John Moxley, like I said last week, he's always having good matches, even with people who you're not expecting amazing matches out of. He will have a good match with anybody. So that's just a testament to John Moxley. After this match, he he puts a he basically threatens to break the arm of Ten. He puts a chair over his arm and he threatens to break it if Brody Lee does not come out and give him his belt back because Brody Lee stole the belt. Brody Lee does not come out and give him his belt back. Instead, he cuts a promo on the big screen saying that, especially in these times, it's all about sacrifice. And he's basically sacrificing Ten, who he just anointed one of his higher henchmen. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. And he just walks away. He leaves the venue. So basically, John Moxley does as he promises, and he breaks Ten's arm with the chair, which was pretty entertaining to see because, you know, John Moxley, he just has this quirkiness about him that is just very funny to watch. But 
it's also vicious. I don't know. It's hard to explain. John Moxley's really cool. I'm, I'm just happy with the segment. It was entertaining for me. We get MJF in his match against Marco Stunt. This was a fun match. Like, for all the crap that I gave Marco Stunt in the past, this was a fun match. Marco Stunt played to his size really well. It was more of like a Tom and Jerry match. You know, like, MJF played like the chicken shit heel where he was chasing Marco Stunt. And then when he had Marco Stunt, like, he was playing like this real cocky, like, bully not Chicken Shit Hill, like he was a bully basically in this match. And Marco Stunt, you wanted to see him get his come up ends, and it was fun to see Marco Stunt actually get offense. And that actually made sense. It wasn't like he was hitting any like high spots or big moves on MJF. He was playing like the Tom and Jerry role here. So that was really fun to see. But of course, MJF wins this matchup. One of the highlights of the night for me, though, was a in ring sit down between Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake. Arn Anderson is the coach, the on-air coach for Cody Rhodes. Where, and also, we all know Jake the Snake is the manager of Lance Archer. So, going into Double or Nothing this Saturday, we had Jake the Snake and Lance. Well, Jake the Snake and uh, Arn Anderson sit down and have a verbal, I guess, like debate over the Cody versus Lance Archer match, and they just proved why to this day. Like, old school is still the cool school. I don't know if that's a saying, but that's that's what I'm going to say. Old school is still the cool school. <laughs> because Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts basically cut promos that most of the younger generation wishes they could cut. They were believable in what they said. They were... They had vindiction. And the old saying of, oh, they talked you into the venue, even though there's going to be no one in the venue... This really solidified this match between Jake Roberts, well, between Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes. They really talk you into the venue. They talk you into buying the pay-per-view because they added so much realism and vindiction to this match that now it's a must-see matchup on this show. So kudos to Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts. I am so excited to see what happens on Saturday, especially after this in-ring sit-down. Later on in the show, we have a instant, well, not an interview, it was like a vignette promo with Pac, which was really cool because we haven't seen Pac in a long time, of course, due to the pandemic, he has not been able to be on these shows, he's stuck in England, so it was cool to see him have some sort of spot on this show because he's definitely missed, he was one of the top guys in AEW, so to have him here, especially after, like, they, they just formed a death triangle and then the pandemic hits and the guy is stuck in England so we don't see him it's cool to see him back on the show it was cool this led to the Orange Cassidy versus Phoenix match Orange Cass excuse me Orange Cassidy he is so deceptively good like if you just know him as like the manager of the best friends, you're not expecting a great match out of Orange Cassidy, but he is really good in the ring. And you have a guy in Phoenix who is one of the best luchadors today. You have this match and you're going to get a very entertaining fun match. And that's exactly what this was. This was very entertaining. Orange Cassidy, he just, everything he does, as lazy as it looks, he makes it all matter. And then you have the King of the Ropes in Phoenix where he's just bouncing up and down and just trying to catch Orange Cassidy. But 
while doing very acrobatic things in the ring. This was very entertaining. I want to see Orange Cassidy in more matches. And I think that a guy like Phoenix is very complimentary to the style of Orange Cassidy. So this was a really good matchup. This led to a big brawl afterwards with all the participants in the ladder match going forward in Saturday's uh, Casino Battle Royal ladder match thing that they have going on. This was pretty cool. They spotlighted a lot of people that's going to be in that match, including Kip Sabian, Cole Cabana, SCU. Uh, Jimmy Havoc was there. Also in the match on Saturday, you're going to have uh, Luchasaurus. There's going to be a mystery opponent, so I'm sure there's going to be a big surprise, which was pretty cool. This this whole show, if I didn't, if you didn't like know by now, this show was a go home show for Saturday's pay per view. So they had a lot of like spots here on the show that showcase wrestlers or matches for Saturday's show, like a classic go home show would do. We had a tag team match between Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose and Britt Baker. It was a really good showing between the women. That's two weeks in a row. All these women are very talented. And I think that this is the core four for AEW's women's division. I think I'm going to trademark that. The core four for uh, AEW's women's division is Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Shida, and Statlander. These four women are really good. They all have a good character, uh, entertaining character, and a different character. Whether it's the dentist, you have uh, Alien, the Native Beast. It's they're all they all could go in the ring. And for everything that last year's AEW's women division wasn't, this match was because these four put on a great match. And I'm very excited for Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. Like I said last week, that was a match that they've been building to for a long time. Sheeta has been the rightful number one contender for the title for a while, so it's going to be good to see her get her matchup finally. Sean Spears has a news report on here where he basically calls out Dustin Rhodes for double or nothing. Now, Dustin Rhodes retired. He said the next match, his next match is his last match, and that was the match that he lost to Lance Archer a couple weeks back in the tournament for the TNT Championship. He retired, so... I guess Sean Spears in storyline is calling him out so he could have an easy victory. But I think that this is just a way for Dustin Rhodes to go out on top. This is a way for him to end his career on a high note. Losing in a tournament and that being your last match in such a legendary career, it's a little lackluster. So maybe this is like a way for Dustin Rhodes to actually go out on top. It's It was interesting to see that he called out someone who retired though. But yeah, I like that. We're going to get that match at double or nothing. The main event of the night was Sammy G, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. This was a good match. Matt Hardy still could have great matches at his age, which is not old. Like we we have older wrestlers actually on TV right now, but and on this show as well. But Matt Hardy still to this day is having great matches, especially with the younger talent. Sammy Guevara is a prodigy for his age, and he the sky's the limit for him. This is a a side note, but a lot of people think of MJF, a lot of people think of Darby Allin, Jungle Boy, as the future of this company and the young talent in this company that's going to be top stars in the coming years. Someone that doesn't get talked about enough and I think has really earned that spot is Sammy Guevara. And week in and week out, no matter who he's in the ring with, whether it's a veteran or a newcomer, he has great matches and this is evidence of that. This was a really good match for Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy actually wins the match, and then they cut to the Jaguars field where the inner circle has 
Kenny Omega tied up to the goalpost and they're hitting him with a bat. They're attacking him. This leads to a big brawl at the end of the show between the Elite and the Inner Circle. The Young Bucks are back on AEW TV. They're here. They're beating up the Elite. Hangman Page is back on AEW TV. He shows up. They have a big brawl. And this is leading to the match this Saturday, the Stadium Stampede match between the Inner Circle and the Elite, which is going to be entertaining. One thing that I do love is AEW constantly delivers on these go-home shows. They make you want to see the pay-per-view where, I'm not going to lie, and I hate, I hate, I really hate always comparing AEW and WWE, but we see on WWE a lot of the time, like, their go-home shows just seems like a regular show. Like, you you don't even know sometimes that there's a pay-per-view this weekend where AEW, everything that happens on the show has a purpose for the pay-per-view, which is really cool to see. This makes me extremely excited for Saturday's show. I'm excited to see, especially the stadium stampede match, the way they've been building this up. I have no idea how this is going to go. This is it's going to be a big five-on-five war, 10 men fighting all over a football stadium. How entertaining is that? This was a really good show. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Very entertaining. This is AEW's third week in a row where it's just great, entertaining television. They're live. They're really firing on all cylinders. And I really enjoy the show. When it comes to who had the better show on week 34 of the war, I'm going to say it was AEW. They had more of a purpose for the show. They have, this is like I said, the go-home show. Everything's leading to this Saturday. So everything had to connect because everything has to make you want to watch a show where you have to pay for it and have no audience there. So they really had to deliver on the show, and I think they did a great job of it. So AEW wins this week for me of the war. Like I said, going forward, I will continue having NXT reviews. So we will have NXT versus AEW. Again, this is the Fight for Wednesday Night podcast. It can't just be one one company. It will be a war between AEW and NXT. That's the whole concept of the podcast is the Wednesday Night War, right? So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen next week. NXT very well might win. Next week is NXT's go-home show. They might have a better show than AEW. We'll see. But everyone will get a fair chance. I am giving a fair chance. I'm not going to be biased. I'm not going to say, well, this is my favorite. This one's not my favorite. Everyone gets a fair shot here on this podcast. So stay tuned. I hope you guys all enjoy this Saturday's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Enjoy it for what it is. Just like the efforts that WWE is giving for like WrestleMania and for the Money in the Bank. There is no crowd there. No fault to their own. They're just trying to give you an escape and entertainment during this pandemic. So enjoy it for what it is. Whether it's good, bad. Just know that there is an effort from these companies to give you entertainment during these tough times. Once again, rest in peace to Shad Gaspar. It's really like... All these new stories that are coming out about what happened, it's really hard to see. It's really hard to hear. But my heart goes out to his family. I love you guys. Thanks for sticking with me. Have a great week. I'll see you next week.
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 